In conclusion, this book, while excellent in its analysis of all, well, is a welcome attempt to bring together the theories and methods of two different fields of study, social history, detailed enough so that more seasoned researchers will find I'm Robert Castanello. I'm the Vice President of Research and Publications at HNET, and this is the Art of the Review podcast. I'm Yelena Kalinsky, Managing Editor of HNET Reviews, and this is the podcast where we examine reviewing and criticism as an academic form. This podcast is brought to you by HNET and the University of Central Florida's Center for Humanities and Digital Research. Welcome to the Art of the Review podcast. In this episode, we'll be speaking about the author as audience. So when writing and editing reviews, we most often think about the general readers of a review, but we don't often think about one specific person who will be reading the review, and that is the author. So in a way, we can think about a review as continuing a public conversation that was started by the author and in which the reviewer engages. So keeping that in mind, when you write a review, Robert, do you think that you have a special responsibility to communicate with the author? I mean, personally, I do. When I write reviews, I always assume that not only am I communicating with a a general audience, but I'm also communicating with the author um, of of the work. And so I keep that in the back of my mind because what I want to do is I want to write a review that not only is helpful for someone who wishes to, um, to, to possibly read the book or assign the book in a class, but I also want to write a review that the author can look at and say, oh, okay, I think I accomplished what I said to do or maybe I accomplished it this much and there are these things that were lacking that um, you know, Robert has pointed out that I should keep in mind um, for future work or, you know, that maybe I didn't communicate. And this review is sort of a way to check that process because, we, you know, we're writing these books and we are trying to introduce an original idea. We're trying to add to literature. We're trying to add to scholarship. And the review is a check at the end of that whole process to make sure you did this. And so you want to read a review that at least gives you that peace of mind to say, yes, what I tried to accomplish I was able to accomplish, or maybe no, I wasn't able to accomplish, so what do I need to do from here? And the review is a window into that. So, Robert, you shared with me a review of your book uh, that was published in the Florida Historical Quarterly, uh, and this was kind of the inspiration for this episode. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I published a book called To Render Invisible, Jim Crow and Public Life in New South Jacksonville. And this was a book I had been working on in some iteration for decades. But And this was the first review I saw that came out of the book. And as the author, I have to say that I was really disappointed in this review because I felt the review wasn't helpful to me as an author. And um, I, I think it's no secret that the review is, is very critical of the book. And I, I, I think I could venture to say there is nothing positive that this reviewer felt about my book. It was just sort of a, um, a litany of the problems he had with the book. And the problem that I had with the review uh, wasn't so much that, that he didn't like the book or he panned the book. I mean, I was expecting to get some things like that anyway. But the problem I had was, I think, as a, an author, the review just wasn't very helpful to me because the reviewer never identified what the thesis I was trying to um, present, whether I proved the thesis. The, the reviewer just kind of dismissed it out of hand 
and then wrote up some things about how he would have liked to seen this, this, or that in the um, in the book instead of what I did. And so for me, I just you know there just wasn't anything here for me to work with as far as saying, oh, how do I improve as a scholar? How do I build on this work? What was I missing in this work? And and you know I talked to to friends after I I published the book, or at least when the book was in you know, in publication. And I said, you know, I really felt I got about 80% of what was in my head in that book. So I expected, you know, some criticism and I actually welcomed the criticism. I thought, well, that's how I'll get to the 20% I felt that I couldn't communicate that was in my head into the book. So for me, at the end of the day, I looked at this review and I said, oh, I I can't do anything with this review. You know, I, I could be bothered by it, obviously, but you know, that's not going to be productive, but I can't even at the very base take this review and improve going forward. And it was very different because HNet is divided up into networks, and oftentimes two networks might review the same book. So I was in that kind of case where two separate networks reviewed my book, and I was able to see two very different reviewers on HNet. One was H Florida, the other was the HNet network for the U.S. Gilded Age and Progressive Era. And so these two reviews, to me, were helpful because, you know, and they were critical, too. There were things that both reviewers pointed out that I missed or I felt short on, and I really welcomed those criticisms because, again, it's going to help me move forward. But, you know, both of these reviews, if you read them, identify what I was trying to do, what the thesis was, and whether I proved the thesis or at least how effectively I proved the thesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the review in the Florida Historical Quarterly is quite short. But it's the kind of review that I think about as, uh, in my mind, as the I wish you had written a different book review, which is, you know, not helpful to the author. It's not helpful to the reader. So in the next segment, maybe we can talk about the ways that a review can be helpful to the author. Right. Uh, So there's a, a review that came across HNET recently that I'd read and it's um, a review of a book called Murder State, California's Native American Genocide, 1846 through 1873, by a historian named Brendan C. Lindsay. And it was reviewed by H. Am Indian, which is the American Indian um, Network. And it was reviewed by a person named Damon Atkins at Guilford College. And so what I thought would be interesting, because there's, I thought, first of all, it was a, a well-written review. I, I kind of got a lot out of the review. And I happened to be in a position to record Brendan Lindsley live. So I took that opportunity to sort of ask him about this review. And what I was really trying to get at was this specific review on HNET that was published. How does he respond to it? Is it something that helps him? You know, moving forward, does he have the same reaction I did to to reviews as an author? And, And I found that he did. And he actually was much more articulate than than I've been all this time. And so what we'll do now is queue up his interview and listen to what he had to say. Okay, this is uh, The Art of the Review, and I'm sitting here now with uh, Brendan Lindsay, who's a professor at Cal State Sacramento, and he just published a book recently called Murder State, California's Native American Genocide, 1846 to 1873. And this book was reviewed by the HNET network, HM Indian. And I asked Brendan to join me today to have a conversation about the review that was published 
about his book. So what we're trying to do here, Brendan, is we're trying to get an idea of how you are um, serviced by the review. And, and part of the plan of this, of this project and, and the questions we've been asking is just trying to understand the nature of the review. And so in, in some way, shape, or form, reviews serve an author. And I wonder if you could share with us your thoughts. Um, you've published this book, and I'm sure you've gotten reviews in a variety of venues, not just HNET. But how did uh, you reading the reviews of your book help you understand what you did with your book? Uh, well, as I think about the, the, this particular review and the, the other reviews I've received, I, I think over time I've come to think about the review maybe being valuable to an author in, in four or five different ways. Uh, when I read this particular review, which is the most recent one my book has received, started to be reviewed back in 2012 when the hardcover came out. Uh, what I wanted to do as I read a review was to think about uh, how well across did I get my thesis and themes. Uh, I wanted to think about uh, the research questions I had asked myself in the book and uh, whether or not the reviewers felt uh, not only that had I addressed those questions, but oftentimes reviewers suggest other research questions that as an author, perhaps you didn't explore or maybe didn't explore thoroughly enough. Um, I also look to as a couple of other factors uh, just to see how reviewers uh, are thinking about my book within the historiography, within the literature, within a field. And depending on the venue uh, and depending upon the reviewer, uh, where, where people see a book like, in my case, Murder State Fitting. Uh, and in the case of the HNET review, uh, I think the, re the reviewer is, is someone not particularly familiar with my specific field, but does know California history in general as a field. Um, and so that, that gave me more of an impression of a, uh, a person who's not quite an expert in Native American genocide, perhaps, but uh, does know a little bit about California history and the literature on the Native American experience uh, in California in the 19th century. Uh, the other uh, two things that, um, that I think maybe a lot of authors thinking about a book review would have this uh, this interest as well is um, oftentimes I think people read reviews of their work and it gives them an insight into their own work that they themselves maybe didn't have, even if it's just in the way someone rephrases your argument. Um, and uh, I, I think this particular reviewer in a couple of places had some very nice turns of phrase that I thought, wow, I wish I uh, I could not have said that better myself, or I, I wish I had said it that way. Uh, and so I think oftentimes uh, a good reviewer can even clarify for an author some aspects of their themes or their argument that perhaps they maybe didn't understand themselves in that way. And then lastly, I think as a fifth thing, uh, anyone I think looking at uh, how a book makes its entry into uh, either a marketplace or historical literature, uh, we, we want an answer to that who cares question. Is our work making a connection with an audience? Um, and uh, 
I think that takes us all the way back to, you know, the basis of historical research. Are you working on something that has some value to an audience? And I think a reviewer can help us understand that. So let me ask you, outside of reviews that have been published, have you had any feedback from people who've read the book and contacted you? Absolutely. Uh, Mainly through conferences I've attended and spoken at. Uh, Most recently uh, in uh, California this past fall at the Western History Association Conference. And I actually uh, met some of the people that uh, this particular reviewer and HNET Am Indian uh, relates my work to. I met them for the first time and uh, actually was on a panel with them. Uh, He mentions folks in his review like Benjamin Madley, Boyd Cothran, Ashley Riley Sousa. I was on a panel with all three of those scholars and uh, really got to be in a conversation that's very different than what one's getting out of a book review. We were in a room together with a literally a standing room only room of attendees listening to us talk about Native American genocide in California and where we could have multiple perspectives, instant feedback and conversation. And uh, so I think that's something, uh, you know, a book review could never provide that. Well, you're describing seems to be more kind of informal, um, interpersonal contact and and, uh, constructive criticism. In what way does the the published book review, whether it's in a digital format or a text format, serve you as the author and serve the book, do you think? Well, I think it encapsulates, first and foremost, it it can encapsulate your argument uh, and put it out there in in a quick, easy, usable, readable form that uh, can let someone know out there... uh, maybe that's on the fringe of being interested in your particular topic or subject. Um, a well-written book review, I think, can, can serve any author by uh, bringing people to their book. Uh, and in particular, one that is uh, taking your book and placing it in a broader context. So perhaps someone might read this review um, on HNET Am Indian uh, who maybe isn't a, a Native Americanist or interested in California history, but might read the review and see, hey, this has uh, some bearing upon 19th century United States history, has some bearing on the history of the West and Manifest Destiny, and even on uh, new trends in historiography like settler colonialism, for instance. So I think those are several of the ways that it could could serve an author. So how about going forward now so you've published the book this review's come out many reviews have come out I I would assume and say years from now you're at a point where you revise this book for a subsequent edition or say you're working on your next book how does this review help inform your next project yeah uh, well this particular review had in common with some of the other ones uh, a desire for me to uh place it in the context of some of the new trends and methodology that have developed. Uh, I originally conceived this this book as a dissertation for a PhD back in 2007. And uh, not long before that, in 2006, uh, a fantastic scholar named Patrick Wolf wrote a very influential article in 2006 about uh, settler colonialism, uh, which was so new and so recent at that time Um, that it's not an aspect that 
uh, informs any part of murder state. But in the years since, uh, not just since the publication of that dissertation, but uh, its transformation into a manuscript, which became Murder State, which came out in 2012, um, I think going forward, and enough reviewers have mentioned, how does this fit with this, this new conversation, this new field of settler colonialism that uh, I, I'm certain to begin to uh, want to uh, examine what I've looked at and uh, examine in the light of this new field of settler colonialism. And in fact, uh, in some of the conferences I've done since the book came out, uh, I've already begun to do that. Another thing is, of course, if you look through these reviews of my book, not in this HNET review, but quite a few of the reviewers wanted me to engage in uh, comparative discussions of genocide, uh, genocides of other indigenous populations, around the world, whether that be in Africa or Australia, Canada. Um, and that was something I was reticent to do back in 2007 in the dissertation, or even in 2012 in Murder State, because at that time I had felt first uh, California Indian genocide needed proving. It was, it's, was not, and I would argue still is not widely accepted among historians. So I think that was a conversation that had to take place first. Uh, but now having written about it, um, I think I can begin to consider the suggestions of reviewers that um, I begin to try and contextualize California Indian genocide within the larger scope of indigenous genocide around the world. Well, Brandon, I want to thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here, Robert. We'll provide the citation to the review of Robert's book in the Florida Historical Quarterly, as well as the three HNET reviews that we talked about in this episode on the show notes blog at HPodcast.